Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any of you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And not just the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And I'm Holly Fry. We spent the whole week talking about morning doves. We sure did. Uh, This is someone I had not heard of when I found this book at the book barn. Um... (laughs) I, I'm laughing at my own foolishness, but I'll explain in a moment. Okay. Uh, so this this was a lovely little trip several years ago, day trip that I and two friends took out to the book barn. And for whatever reason, uh, one of the friends has moved away since then, but uh, we like we haven't made another book barn trip. And I periodically will be like, book barn, we should, that's a thing that we should do. Um, I came home with two books from that trip. And one was a book that I bought at the book barn And the other was a book that one of my friends was going to sell at the book barn, but instead said, maybe you would like this book. And I brought it home with me. And I am pretty sure the Morning Dove autobiography is the one that I bought. Like, the receipt is tucked in there. Um, But, you know, it's been sitting on my desk for so long, waiting, waiting to be an episode. One reason it took this long is that it was clear it was going to be challenging and it turned out to be a lot more challenging than I expected. Um, oh, isn't that always fun? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, there were many, many sources for the episode besides just the autobiography. Um, and one of the reasons that I wanted to do this episode was like having somebody's own thoughts about their own life, which is especially important when we are talking about indigenous people living in the Americas with the history that we have here. And so sort of finding out what the editing process had been like and that there are some criticisms of that editing process kind of like shed a whole different light on the autobiography itself. It is a fascinating book, though. This topic unlocked two fuzzy, are these real memories for me? Okay. 
The first is the book barn. Uh-huh. Because I don't know, I couldn't find anything rapidly on how long they have been in business. But many moons ago, I worked in acquisitions at a college library, and I swear we used to order from them. And if not, it was another vendor called Book Barn that's in the Northeast. But Mm -hmm. I just remember unloading packages from them and cataloging them for the library. Yeah. Um, So if it was them, hooray! Um, The other thing was that I went to grades one, two, a little bit of four in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And I think that my third grade teacher read us stuff from Coyote Stories. Totally possible. Yeah. Um, when I was doing research for this, I found some some lesson plans around coyote stories. Yeah, I mean, this would have been the 70s. So it yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. It would have been the older version of it, like not a, a newly edited um, edition of it or anything, but uh, that added context. But I just was like, oh, wait, oh, wait, Mrs. Kempton? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Um and like I I there are so many complexities with that book, right? Like it was I mean, I didn't perceive any of that at the age of no, 7, but and I'm sure I eight. would not either. Yeah. Um yeah, I I feel like so much of her work has all of these nuances to it. Uh things that are simultaneously groundbreaking and things that, you know, to some extent in today's context like today's context has some differences to roughly a century ago uh, when the the U.S. was, like, actively pursuing federal policies meant to eliminate indigenous culture. So the idea of somebody recording these stories to share them has a little bit different tone than today when I'm not saying everything's perfect, uh, but there has been more of a focus on, like, self-determination, right. uh, indigenous nations, stressing what their own protocols are and how they do or do not want work to be shared. Um, And that is why, like, we did not get into in-depth descriptions of the figure of Coyote or what is in these books. Like, that doesn't belong to you and me. So that's that's, that's why that we, uh, you know, we talked about her work with that without going into detail about it. Um, So, yeah, totally possible that... That was in a- but in the 1978-79 school year, anything yeah. goes. Yeah. Um, so a thing that I'm curious about that I was not able to find the answer with is uh whether she had any involvement at all um with the the basketball team, the girls' basketball team at Fort Shaw Indian School. So we did a two-part podcast about the Fort Shaw Indian School girls basketball team. It's a while back. Um, she was there at the same time that some of that was happening. Um, and she was working as a teacher's aide, which I think is how she had a little bit more freedom to come and go out of the school than, than students who were like full-time students might have. Um, but I do not know uh, if she had any involvement like with the team uh, beyond potentially being a, a teacher's aide for some of the some of the players. Right. Um, and I, I'm curious, and I do not know the answer. I also, uh, as I was trying to find um, the original 
article, that 1916 article that we talked about in part one that was done as promotion for her forthcoming book when the book was more than a decade away, which they did not know, obviously, when they were trying to promote it. I had seen people, like, mentioning this article, and I was trying to find the actual article, and I wound up on a on a page of a different a different paper, which was the Spokane Chronicle, different newspaper. It had come up in a search result, was not actually relevant to Morning Dove. The words morning and dove were on the page. It was not about the morning dove who these episodes were about. But I was uh, fascinated by the other headlines that were on the page that was not ultimately relevant to the episode because they were just in all capital letters for all of them. Part of human body found in stomach of huge shark. Yeah! No, I'm sorry, that's terrible tragedy. Bombay closed to Mrs. Annie Besant. And epidemic shows slight decrease. Uh, And those were three, to me, dramatic headlines connected to things we have talked about on the show or past hosts have talked about on the show because that part of the human body being found in the stomach of the huge shark was about the 1916 Jersey Shore shark tax, mm-hmm. which there's an episode about. We've talked about Annie uh, Annie Besant in some of our, uh, I think the London Match Girl strike was the one where we talked about Annie Besant. If I am conflating two different labor stories, I'm sorry. Um, and then the epidemic being described, I thought until I read the article, might have been encephalitis lethargica. Uh, I think it was actually polio, though. Um, this was a time when there could be big polio outbreaks. Um, so anyway, three very dramatic headlines <laughs> connected to things we've covered on the show on this one page of newspaper. Uh, I'm really fascinated by Morning Dove's story. And a lot of the writing about her, uh, both academically and non, dates back to about the 1990s, like when this autobiography is being published, new edition of Coyote Stories coming out, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, there, there were papers that pointed out that so much of the, like, literary criticism slash, slash research on her work has really been about McWhorter and McWhorter's influence on it and not about the work itself. Um, but it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that ever like spurred a lot more research into the work itself. Um, right. And I don't know if that will ever happen. Sometimes it seems like there are people that we talk about on the show where there's a wave of interest in them in a particular window of time and then they just sort of fade back into the background again. Yeah. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. 
I'm Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Did you know small businesses make up 99.9% of all businesses in the United States? The world is powered by entrepreneurs. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. And every episode hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres talk to entrepreneurs about how they've grown from the lessons of launching and nurturing a small business and how they have found success being their own boss. From the excitement of first starting out to finding the right tools and resources to process invoices and payments like QuickBooks Money, you won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. I think the thing that I I find myself most fascinated by in this is just the this sounds very broad and weird and like I am uh very sleepy or under the influence of something. I'm like, language, man. But my Mm. thing is that uh, the idea of different languages and how people perceive non-native speakers always is really interesting to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. particularly because, I mean, I know a lot of English speakers who have made presumptions about the intellect of someone else who does not speak English as a first language because they speak in a way that sounds odd to a native English speaker. Like they don't grasp the language and it's like, no, no, their syntax that they grew up with puts this all in a different order. It's not that they are speaking like a simpleton. This is the natural way for their brain to order words. Yeah. And that's like, um, I feel like that has so many times throughout history been this weird barrier for people to recognize other people as intellectual equals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how many languages do you speak? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you would do the same thing in the opposite way if you were trying to talk to them in their native language. It's yeah. always a really interesting one to me. And then when you layer on the idea that her syntax 
has also become outdated and antiquated compared to the way speakers of her language would speak today. Like, there's just a whole cool, interesting Venn diagram of examination to be done on the evolution of language for any culture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I said in the episode that some of the some of the papers that I read that quoted from her letters, some of them it felt like they had edited the letter into like standard English, and some of them had not. And the ones that were not edited, you could really see sort of patterns in the things that she seemed to struggle with uh, in English, which a hundred percent, like you were saying suggest that, like, this stems from how she understood things in her native language, uh, trying to communicate them in a completely different language. Not even, not, I mean, we, a lot of times we'll talk about people on the show that spoke multiple languages, but it's like they spoke multiple romance languages. Right. So, (laughs) multiple languages that already have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, we're talking, like, Salish languages have some really big differences from English. One of the things that, um, one of the papers that was talking about sort of the development of these stories, like figuring out how to record an indigenous oral tradition story into like a print book, was talking about contexts where the gender of the speaker meant they would use different language because there was like different context there. And like, that's not, that's not really something that we encounter in English that way. Like, the word for father is father. It, this is a, a made-up example that I'm making up for illustration. Like, the word for father is father in English. It's, there's not a different word based on, the, like, the gender of the person who's speaking the word father. Um, again, that is an example that I'm sort of paraphrasing based on my memory of a paper that I read uh, not necessarily one that's, like, strictly accurate to the language. So, uh, yeah. There are a lot of efforts, like, really concerted, concrete efforts to teach people uh, a number of different Salish languages. Because, like, as we said at the beginning, like, there are still people that speak these languages. There are still elders who are fluent in these languages and may have even grown up speaking them as their first language. They are critically endangered languages, though. Um, And so, like, there are a number of organizations and people putting, like, really strong effort into uh, trying to preserve these languages and get more people fluent in them. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I have to say about this week's episodes, that uh, I apologize if anyone... Got to the end of part one, not realizing it was a two-parter because I forgot to say that. The good news is it will say part one in your app when you open it to listen. (laughs) I'm not going to name any names, but there is a podcast that I listen to that drops surprise two-parters, and it doesn't say in the title of the episode. And so I will be, like, really into what's happening. And then it's like, next time. And I'm like, I would have... I would have waited until both of them were available to listen to them both. So yes, it will very clearly say part one and part two in the title of the episode. (laughs) Now when I build the show page, I'm not going to include it just to be a jerk. Oh no. Uh, Happy Friday, whatever is happening on your weekend. You know, I hope it's really good. 
And we will be back with a Saturday classic tomorrow. We will have brand new episodes on Monday. Hope things are going well for everybody. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.